started. And here we go. Episode 81, I believe. Ah, oh, what a great one. We have to make this a good one. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining the 81st. It sounds so good saying that. The 81st episode of the Beast Motor Tech Tuesday. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much. And for my podcasting family, I really appreciate each and every one of you. So thank you for joining me on this episode this afternoon. Jack, yo, good afternoon. R35, greetings. Hello, Tyler. Good seeing you as well. Eddie, Ed, my son. Hello. <laughs> Interesting, the testing. <laughs> Interesting. Sam, I miss you, Sam. How are you, sir? Hope all is well. And I'm here again at the facility for another Tech Tuesday. Dark, good seeing you. Dusty VIP, greetings. 512 Miata. DJ Ramarov. NJ, hello to all of you. Good seeing you indeed. And thank you for joining this episode. And today, I'm here at the facility um, having a good time. Um, nothing special. Abadillo, 302. Alfonso, good seeing you. MJ, photograph, my neighbor and in-law. Good seeing you indeed. Jeremiah from Type 2. I keep forgetting to write you an email. I need to send something to you. Thank you so much, sir. Um, Bean Mill, good seeing you. Jen Drumming. Adid Diesel. Is that you? <laughs> Hello, Aqua Scrub. Good seeing you. Oh, finishing the move. Oh, my. Well, let me know when we completed because I'm going to start bombarding you with stuff. Aqua Scrub. Good seeing you. Alex240. Greetings. And I'm here at the Basement facility, as you can see in front of me, or behind me, in front of you and behind me. Um, Luxembourg's in the house, courtesy of Argos. Good seeing you. Dipping Deep. Hello, sir. I'm going to just give a quick wave to you if I can. So, Look what's behind me. Now, this is kind of weird because I rarely have automatic transmissions on my dyno. So here I have a dyno pack. You can see the pods already connected. And I'm going to do a test on this A-Spec 2019 Acro ILX. Now, Acro was able to send me this. And I don't know if it's, it's a BC thing, but they kind of sent me. Oh, hello, sir. How are you? Good seeing you. Hello, sir, which is really cool. How are you, sir? <laughs> no worries. Okay. <laughs> you can hang out, no problem. So, I have this new Acro ILX that um, is here, right behind me. And I don't know if Acro is messing with me, as I was saying before, it's your favorite car. I did, DJ. I t I'm way ahead of you. D VSA is disabled to allow me to tune it, automatic, so there's going to be a ton of drivetrain loss. And I'm curious to how much power it'll make. I, really, I tried connecting, because my Dynapack has this really unique feature that the guys from New Zealand sent to me, where I can connect to... Uh, directly to the OBD system, and I'm not getting any data. I only get battery voltage. So I think my reputation precedes me at Acura, where they send me these cars and they disable a bunch of stuff so I don't play with it. But nonetheless, I can't flash it. I can't do anything crazy, but I do want to find out how much power she makes stock. Hello, EJ8. Good seeing you. The engine in it, DJ D. Liz is asking, it's a K24 V7. So it's supposed to be this 200 horsepower K-series engine, but the head is not the same where the intake manifold faces forward, and I'll show that to you. I don't know if you can see it from here, but the exhaust manifold faces forward, and the two-stage composite intake manifold is towards the rear. Very strange. It's reminiscent of the old-school B-series engines, which is pretty interesting. And the head seems pretty large, and even though it's a legacy K-series engine, it has direct injection. Hello, Dan. Good seeing you. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Powered by Hondas. Hello. Good seeing you as well. 
I'm having a great week, Porsche Mentality. Thanks for joining me today. This fit moves, yo, good seeing you as well. And Porsche Mentality, you'd be very pleased. I'm building a very unique Porsche this year. One where it's so amazing, I may have to drop the mic after this one. I don't know if I can do anything better than what I'm gonna do this year, so I'm pretty, pretty terrified. So, um, yeah, I wonder why they did it too. So I'm gonna be going to Honda next week because I have meetings with the guys from Acura, and I'm gonna ask and see if we can get someone from engineering to give me a reason why they turned that around, you know? Yeah, the blue is very, very attractive. As you see, under the hood is white, outside is blue, very Memorial Day-ish because the interior is red. So that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yes, bad, dimpling is good. And let me put this on the dyno, start it up, see what she makes, and let's get to answering that technical question of yours, okay? So hang tight, I'm gonna go start this up, warm it up a little bit, and we'll see how much power it makes. Sounds good, okay, hang tight. So Redline on this seems to be, it does have VTEC. Um, the Redline seems to be about 6,700, so I'm gonna take the 64. Um, the engine, as I mentioned, Asotel is a K24V7. So not a Z that I'm so fond of, but a V, which I wouldn't mind playing with either. Um, I, I may just get an engine from Acura and play around with it and see what potential it has. But um, it should be a little warm now, so I'm going to do a sweep baseline, and then we'll go over there and take a look and see how she does, okay? So I'm just swinging around here. Those of you on YouTube can see everything, and then we'll go to, to the uh, screen. And, oh, actually, actually, probably take it to the screen now. So I'll do a sweep, and we'll go to the screen and do one together. How's that? Um, no, it has a proper VTEC. It has IVTEC where it has cam control on the intake cams alone. So I'm here. Um, I have a a visitor and witness, Tim, he's right here watching, so he can see I'm not doing anything hanky-panky. <laughs> Hello, Jim, good seeing you. Um, the power game, let's find out. Dow gave me a perfect segue, so let's find out what's going on.
Not bad. Um, you guys heard that. No, I, it, people are guessing 223, 300, 1,000. No, it's not going to make 1,000. Not even 400. This is a naturally aspirated 2.4 liter engine. Um, not 600, not 199. Oh, I think a lot of them are going to be disappointed. Okay, so let's go there together. And for those of you on the podcasting, I'll try and shout so you can hear me. But I'm going to take you with the cameras over to the screen so you can see what's going on. And then I will do a live one while you're watching so you can also see what's happening as well. Hello, Sarah from LA Dismantler. I need to come by and see you because I need some Porsche transmissions. I need to come by and see you for sure. Um, and uh, Sarah's up there. She's been a great support of our program for many years. And we purchased a lot of Porsche parts from her. Um, you guys may have heard of LA Porsche Dismantler. That's who they are. Up there, I think, not North Hills, but in... Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the city. Uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank. But it's, it's up to five. My pleasure, Sarah. Okay, so let's go over here. Let's take a look. And bear with me, guys. I'm going to go over here to the screen. And there you have it. I'm not going to get to see that. Turn it around for you. But as you can see, you made a whopping 157 to the wheels. And similar amount of torque, which is pretty interesting. So, I'm gonna have you guys watch this live. And once again, um, yeah, the great people these are probably absolutely correct. Very good people. Um, this is actually this is more of a DSG, so it has the clutches. And uh, if I remember something correctly, the company may have explored using gears for the clutches as well internally. But it has a dual clutch system, like you would see with the uh, newer uh, European vehicles, like the uh, Golf R. So, I know. So let's, let's do the slides and see what happens. So you can, what I want you to pay attention to is the um, opportunity for improvement here, especially with how the wide band shows me output in regards to the ratio. So let's take a look, okay? We are 92, have more power. Yes, but, but mind you, this bone stock, an engine with 2,000 miles on it, barely broken in, and the brakes only makes more power. We'll talk about braking in a moment as well. So uh, it's, not good, it's not fair to compare a stock Acura from 2019 which are modified still. Okay. So let's try it again.
So guys, thanks for your patience. I'm gonna take you back to the original location. And I was clever enough to put some markings here. So let's put you there. And put you here. Oops, sorry. There we go. Okay, so we're back. Okay. So, Dibbin Dib is saying, PC, let's say I pick up that Acura up brand new. Would you drop the oil very first thing and put in pure onyx braking? Yes, I would. So, this is a great question. So, he's asking about this. That engine requires, in factory fuel, 020. And Pure does break down their braking oils um, from SA30 to SA40. So anything that's 30 weight or, or lower, let's say 530, 020, 520, 1030, this is what you use. Anything thicker, let's say 040, 540, 1040, 2050, even 1060, you want to use the SA40, which is a single weight, and that's what to use. And why would I like this, especially for overhead cam engines? Well, it has a lot more zinc. Zinc is expensive for oil companies, so they tend not to use a lot of it, but it protects your engine significantly. So whether you're air-cooled, water-cooled, overhead cam, in-cam, you want to protect your push rods or in-cam engines, and overhead cams, definitely, you know what happens with valve train. How many cam cores I get here to reprofile that are scratched the hell up because of lack of zinc, which is pretty interesting. Why is Sachala from Germany? Thank you for joining us. I appreciate the kind words with me doing a great job. You love my shuttle? Thank you so much. It's right here behind Tim. You want to hang out with me here, Tim? Or does, no? Okay, Tim's being shy. Okay, no worries. By the way, Tim, great guy. I've known him for quite a few years. He brought a beautiful 4GT years ago, and now he has this gorgeous 911 that you guys may have seen on one of my stories. has that very nice uh, martini theme. Absolutely gorgeous vehicle. And if you see him on the road, leave him alone, because that thing is fast. Okay. Oh, and another 87 SI. Good seeing you as well. Yes, DJ PR gang, indeed. Hello, Deadmau500. Thanks seeing you. Ah, Daup ST from Italy. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you love my shirt. We have quite a few of them here as well. Thank you. No comparison, AMS Auto Works. He's asking how to compare to Brad Penn. Brad Penn is not a pure synthetic. That is a synthetic blend, which doesn't have the sheer stability, doesn't have the resilience to different types of fuels, and definitely does not have the capability of reducing all your temperatures the way Pirol does. There is no comparison whatsoever. It's one of the first ones that the company had me test against and pure blew out of the water. So by all means, you should upgrade it. For the price, you definitely need to upgrade to something proper, a proper pure synthetic. There's a combination of base stocks of group four and group five, which is very superior, you know? Thank you so much, Alfie, and thank you so much for supporting my center seat Porsche. As a matter of fact, we just came back from the streets of Willow recently, and I had this cool video I need to put up and Alfie, you're going to love this. It's me actually using my push to pass, it's not fair, on a Corvette at streets. So it wasn't, it wasn't fair, but it was, it was a fun video. So I put that up. I, I gave him a chance to have some fun, but I just had to pass him. And you'll see it. I'll put that up. Hello, Christy Da Costa. Good seeing you. Oh, Joe from Monterey. Yes, we plan on being on Monterey this year as well. So we're doing more and more Porsche, more and more Acura. So we definitely be there in earnest, the team and I, you know? Mark 5 Supra. Doubt. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. Looks better in person than it does in photos. And I know a lot of people tend to have a lot of qualms with the Toyota's combination or interaction with engineering with BMW, but I think it's a win-win for both companies. It allowed both the Z4 and the new Mark 5 to exist with shared technology and platforms for us as builders and tuners and designers that can go across both marquees, which is fantastic. I think it's a ton of potential and people are already making a lot of power 
dare I say, north of 600 wheel on the Z4 platform. That means the Toyota Supra has tons of potential as well. Hello, Aden Good. Good afternoon. AJ Thompson from the UK. Thank you for joining as well. Um, thinking about getting a new Odyssey says one or five thousand, but all the current recalls are scaring you away. How do you feel about the new Odyssey? I think it's great. Manufacturers have recalls; it just happens. Um, don't let that dissuade you. If anything, it's a benefit that manufacturers care enough about your well-being and the well-being of your automobile to ask for a recall fee to come in. They're not charging you. I know it's a bit of inconvenience, but it happens with the best of them. Be concerned if a manufacturer has challenges and never recalls. That's a challenge indeed. I have recalls on my own wagon, not my wagon, but my own Odyssey I'm looking at right here. I just took it there and they took care of it. Hello, Shell. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining. Hope all is well with you. Um, Indubility Code says, can I make a heart with my hands for him? Okay. <laughs> There's a heart. <laughs> oh my God, Tim is giving me this weird look. <laughs> Hello, Ari Racing. Good seeing you, you know. That D-Works, take care of it, no problem whatsoever. So imagine if it, did, if it did not happen. I think it's a great thing. Guy Richard from Miami, good seeing you. I may be in Florida soon with the, um, the P-Car guys podcast. They're actually in Tampa, which is a little bit of a trek from you, but I will be in Florida very soon. I heard that you guys are having some pretty harsh heat out there in Florida, so take it easy and stay cool, you know? DJ Diaz is asking me to stand on my head. No, I'm not going to do that. No headstanding, no backflips today. Tone, good seeing you. Tone Corey, P23, good seeing you as well. Greetings, greetings. And there's one thing I want to share with you guys, you know. Um, great question, Abadillo, and we'll get into that in a moment, which is a perfect segue. This weekend, I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Kevin, yes, you are tardy, extremely tardy. But um, three hours north, not so bad. Okay, I'll make sure I make a thing out of it when I do visit Tampa, which should be very soon. But uh, this weekend, while I'm you enjoying, um, I'm sad to say my in-laws, both my parents, my wife's parents, um, got into a bit of a mishap uh, with their G-Wagon. And uh, thank goodness they're okay. But uh, someone was misbehaving with, um, I won't name what brand, sports car, lost control and clipped them and made them roll over off the freeway. So, um, you know, my, my parents-in-law are somewhat elderly, but they, they, they came out with scratches and bruises, but they're fine. And one thing that reminds us is to really appreciate people around you. It's, it's, it gave them a really nice, I was with them too, almost midnight last night at the hospital. And they are recovering very well, which is fantastic. But you really need to appreciate those around you that you love. And, and I, for myself, I took my parent-in-laws for granted. And you, you should see how happy they are to still be with us and how we are so grateful that they are still around. So... You never know. They were just going out for the Memorial Day weekend and someone just misbehaved. And so unfortunately those things happened. Everything happened for a reason. Um, that G-Wagon is totaled. Um, Dad is thinking about getting another one. That's cool. But thank goodness they were in a car that's extremely safe and that it came out you know, pretty much without, without mishap. So that, that, that's great. So I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Rage. Um, it's just we should really appreciate. You know, every week I talk about life and things we should do. Um, last time I talked about really being the person that you needed when you were younger. And I still firmly believe that. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Um, I, I talked quite a bit about JC from AEM, who was my mentor, who took me under his wing when I was an engineering student that, when no one else wanted to help me. And if not for him, I wouldn't be where I am today. But imagine if I had this opportunity when I was much younger. I'd be much further ahead as well. So what does that tell me? I need to be that person I needed when I was younger, and I encourage you to do the same thing. You never know. Who could help? You never know at all. 
where people are in their lives, what little you can do for someone, and how you can encourage them to be better and to be the best they could be. So by all means, do that. Be the person you needed when you were younger. Thank you so much, Powered by Hondas, for the kind words. I hope they have, and they will have, a speedy recovery as well. So, AJ asks a very proper question, he always does every week. Is it worth building a K24 Z7 than an A2, despite restriction through the inability to use individual EDTs, individual O2 sensors through integrated exhaust manifolds? Great question. So, mind you that there are benefits in having individual cylinder tuning. You could do individual ignition tuning. EGTs is kind of crude. I like using wideband sensors per cylinder, but you could be very clever, AJ, and I've done this, by using the knock protocol in a proper ECU based upon the 720 degrees of rotation. You can define windows for each firing order, and if you see a noisy cylinder, based upon load and RPM, you could add fuel and retard timing there to give you what you need. Now, all things being equal, what's ideal with the individual port K versus the singular entity, singular output port? If you are boosted, I'm telling you guys, you should try this. There is nothing that spools a large 72 millimeter like a K24 Z3 or Z7 head. That short runner is absolutely spectacular and does a great job of boost. So what is my loose rule of thumb? If you're going boost, by all means, use the integrated exhaust output. It helps tremendously. Manifold is a cinch. Absolutely fantastic, very efficient. If you're going for NA power, by all means, explore the A2. The individual ports allows you to have a very good extractor or header. You can have great designs and allows for more efficiency to scavenge, especially doing overlap to allow for inertia supercharging. You have the opportunity to make a lot more power than you would with integrated head. Hello, Deling Design, all the way from Belgium. Good seeing you as well. Stefanos, greetings. Christian Runs, thank you so much for joining this 81st episode of the Tech Tuesday. I good. I love how you think F22A6 for the win. Amen. I like that. So, that being said, we talked a little bit about this pretty cool Acura right here. It is the A-Spec with all the trim and accoutrements that exist with the performance model. Tear is red, which is nice. I would like the exterior to be white as well. But this electric blue is okay. It's, it's not bad at all, you know? Um, Hector is going to be running a 300 Civics with a spoon engine. Oh, you're being very silly, aren't you, with a Motec exhaust. You, that's a bit of a fast and fierce reference. How long until the inside is ready, says Mark V. Ah, the inside's right there. My intake is at KNN. Trom, the chief engineer Barry and I had a conversation this morning about the pistons. It's on the text message, which I can show you because you're on my phone now. So I would say we're end of May. So I'll say probably end of June, I should have it running. And then we'll head over to Hoonigan, do a bit of biology. And then Kevin, who keeps bothering me, will have to go with me to Irwindale to test. Kevin, you're talking about this mess. Why don't you come over? I have a mount that we can, mount that we can put in and also the adjustment for the rear camera on the wagon. I'm ready to go with that. Best intake for a Z6 Turbo. Ah. Golden Eagle. That's what I've seen. Golden Eagle has a very nice plenum based manifold that I used and I made north of 700 horsepower with. And that is my intake manifold of choice, you know? Thank you so much, that guy, Richard. I will share on that bill breakdown things I've never shared before. Well, people, you know, I used to, my Insight was the most protested vehicle in import drag racing, period. So I'm going to go through detail of everything I did to the car and how I've used physics to my advantage. Yes, I do not use an AEM to control my suspension like most people protested me to do, 
I will show how you simple physics to be able to create what I did in hooking that car up like there's no tomorrow. M's Glass asked me, with an AMECU, can you program multiple programs for multiple power levels? Yes, you can. Especially the Infinity. It gives you the capability to do amazing things with amazing maps. Think of the AMFINITY not as a control unit. Think of it as a, an advanced process control. So it allows you to do wonderful things. You remember when I did the thing with Hoonigan, with Vin, and I was able to put all these fail safes in place based upon air intake temperature, boost based upon ethanol content. I was able to do individual cylinder knock protocol with closed loop function. All that stuff can be done with Infinity, even if it wasn't designed for that. It allows you as a tuner to choose what's ideal, you know? Yes, you're absolutely correct, Dealing. Something to do with Willy Bars. It's very good. Wagon Mike, I missed it as well. She'll be running very soon and hopefully faster than ever. Any all-wheel drive F23 and D-Series EGs? I haven't seen any of those yet, not yet. But Brian from Hasport was here on Friday and he was talking a little bit about that. And an insight would be pretty cool as well. Um, yeah, thank you so much. The guy Richard said he saw when I tuned this S14. It was a very awesome episode, thank you so much. It's amazing how many base maps I sold to other tuners based upon that show. People are like, Beast, how'd you do that? Could you sell me the tune? And I did. I'm here to share, I'm here to help. Have you seen Forza Motorsport video about the group being inspired Honda Civic? Mid-engine, no I have not, sounds pretty cool. We have an event next two weeks with Forza, so maybe I'll have an opportunity to talk to the designers there and see what's going on. Thoughts on two-stepping your Odyssey? Mike, I have it. My two-step is at 4200. I have it on the, on, I have it by all means. Even on, stop about the noise in the background, I have a trash keeps going by. But if you remember on the Netflix show, I used two-step to launch as well. So we do have that, you know? Of course. Thank you so much, Wagon Mike. Likewise, I can't wait. Em is asking how much are my tuning services. Well, I charge $220 per hour, and the average tune is two to three hours. All things being equal that you don't have any weird challenges. I was even here yesterday, early on, when I heard the bad news about my in-laws. I was here tuning a car on two fuels. We had it on, uh, initially on AM with a petrol, regular 91, and then we transferred over to E85. I had both tunes, and I interpolated tunes so that the customer could use any combination of ethanol and gasoline, and the ECU automatically adjust for ignition and fuel. It was pretty nice. Best single cam and twin cam Honda engine for absolute power potential? Single cam, I would say F22A. You cannot go wrong with that. Twin cam today, currently, I'll say the K24. K24, A2 to be exact. So I hope that helps adding good. Hello, JV and, oh, WNY, good seeing you. Thank you so much. That rich, that guy, Richard, says, my EM1 is 285, I also have a map for 93 octane. See, that's a challenge. So EM1 talks about the, the, the biggest challenge here. And guys, hang, hold on to that, because I do want to answer that question. Let me get Tim a, a seat here. No, no. You're fine? You're fine? Okay, okay. I'm just being polite. Okay, so here's the challenge with that. If you have a challenge with having two maps, it can be more of a challenge when you don't have the exact amount of fuel that's ideal. And what I mean by that is, what if you're 85, you're pouring with your 91, and you're at E50? What map do you use? That's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? So that being said, it's better to have a proper E85 map, a proper 91 map, and have an engine management solution that has a flex fuel sensor that can adjust your requirements based upon the ethanol content. That way you don't have to think about it at all. That's the best way to go, indeed, you know? 
Do I do custom bodywork for Range Rovers? Asked Mark Severa. I don't do any bodywork here at all. Ah, I see New Zealand's in the house. Thank you so much for joining us, Pazottos. Marco Diablo, good seeing you as well. Um, we do fabrication in the house, tuning, design. But I don't do wiring here, and I don't do paint and body here. I have experts that help me with that, you know? So Guy Rich is saying he has to, I know you have two maps, I can tell, but I, what I'm saying is that it's, it's challenging. You have to really completely drain your tank to put 93 and completely drain your tank to make sure you have E85. But what if you don't get all the fuel out? What if you're E40 or E50 or E52? It's much easier if you don't have to think about that. And that's the what I provide my, my um, that's why I provide my, um, my uh, associates, or better yet, my clients. Oh, UK, I'm sorry. Flag is really small here. Forgive me, Pazaros. My apologies, indeed. Fred is telling me to build an MR2. <laughs> There's one right here. I have an AW11 that I'm looking at right now. And my goal was to build that for SEMA this year, but I told you guys earlier on about this Porsche project I have that I may have to drop the mic. Um, that Porsche project, it's so amazing, and I'm so excited about it that my MR2, in its best interest, so I can do a proper job, has to wait till next year. So I am building one. Thank you, that guy, Richard. Think about it. Um, there are many engine management solutions out there that allow you to do that. Um, even on the cost-effective way, you can do it with some of the, the, the lower-end ECUs. But of course, you can do it with Series 2 AEM. You can do it with AEM Infinity. You can do it with Haltech. There are quite a few you can do it with, you know? Pazzotto saying, K20 with Eurotech Supercharger. I'm around 400. What injections do you recommend? Are you on gasoline or E85? No matter what, go with 1,000 cc's. 1,000 cc EV1 injectors is the way to go. That's what I would recommend. For a street build, F23A or G23? If those are only two choices, I'll say G23, even though I'm not a huge advocate of mixing matching heads and bottom ends. EKB series, mid-engine. Wish I can put a K series in math. I cannot even drive. How long on first T20 Honda video to bring one each day? I have no idea what you're saying, Chad. Please forgive me. <coughs> Dancy said 85, that's it. Yes, that guy, Richard, that's, that's the ticket. E85 and 1,000 cc's. Mm -hmm. You got the 1320 video. That's good, Cham. That's good. I'm not familiar with your project because you said so many kind of words. I didn't quite understand what you were saying, but I appreciate nonetheless the support and the insight as well. And EKB series, fantastic. You know, I remember a time when EKs weren't even found as attractive cars. I was told that they're kind of wedgy and they're heavy. It's amazing how things change. But back in the day, it was all CRXs. And EGs was like, oh no. And then now EGs are the hot thing. And now EKs, what's next, EP? <laughs> oh my God. That's cool. Thank you so much, Chan. Appreciate that. Put a Ferrari V8 MR2. That would be very hard. It could probably fit with a lot of surgery. <laughs> but I want to keep this thing as factory sleeper looking as possible without significant modification to the engine bay. Um, E85, a J32 or just supercharger? Which engine? How about E85 with a J32 and supercharged? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be great. What's the best thing to do? Mark oh, I missed it. Oh, no, I missed this thing. Um, Mark 5 said he got certain pistons for his F22, and the pistons is pretty scratched up. Is it safe to run? It depends where it's scratched. Um, you really should have come to me for F22A pistons. I have smashing deals. I even have long rod combos for the application that allows you to have less side loading and with a longer dwell top and butter bed center, you can make it more power. So um, instead of using the standard F22A rods, 
I supply long rods with forged pistons that are not scratched. If they're scratched on the skirts, that's a big no-no. If they're scratched on the dome, you want to polish that out so it wouldn't have any hot spots that can easily build up on the crown. And that with hot spots, you can easily pre-ignite and have really big prompts during it later on, you know? You have an 05 TL, nice. That's very nice indeed. And look what I have back here in 2019 ILX. That made a whopping 158.92, just say 159 to the wheels, which is pretty cool. Talks on trend charging K24A8, I think it's awesome. That is so cool. <laughs> 50 bucks, colors, good shape, scratches are mainly on the dome, then polish those out, by all means. You do not want hot spots on your dome. Have I heard of a G23? Yes, I have, Thick. Um, as I mentioned before, those are people who use H22 heads and put on F23 blocks. The board space is the same. The head bolts are the same locations. The oil lines don't line up. And you have to do very interesting things for your timing assembly, being with the belt and pulleys. So I'm familiar with it, but I'm a huge advocate of building engines as they come as a whole. I don't tend to mix and match heads. So you won't see me do a LSV Tech or a G23 or anything like that. If I were to build a Prelude, I'd build a full Prelude. If I build an F20, I'd build an F20. If I were to build an F22, I'd build an F22. That's my thing. Um, BC, I don't understand why water meth in pump gas is more popular. Is there any cons to it? So Dippin' Deep is saying, is there any challenges? Yes. The biggest qualm I hear, by the way, I love water methanol. My blue Porsche with the twin turbos hanging out the rear, the first one I built, you know, kind of started that whole crazy craze with the bumpers hang, being, you know, evacuated. Um, that has two nozzles, two 500cc nozzles with an AEM water meth kit on 91. And the great thing about that, I have zero range anxiety with that. I can always put 91 octane anywhere I go, and when I'm in boost, I gradually wean from low boost to high boost these two nozzles of water methanol. So it allows me to have higher octane, more boost, safely. Now, the reason why some people don't like it is one, you have to plumb it in. So some people are lazy, they'd rather just put E85 and call it a day. Two, some people have anxiety with what happens if the tank gets empty. Three, I also found that people have a hard time finding methanol. We have it here, we stock it, no problems. But those are things that kind of, you know, installation, what happens if it's empty, and where to find it. For me, I'm not lazy, so I don't mind installing. Two, I don't have any challenges at all with range anxiety because I have a fail-safe system built into my AEM ECU. So if my tank is empty or I have a fail issue, it sends a ground signal to my ECU and I initiate a boost cut and a, a timing retard and all that cool safety stuff. And last but not least, I just bought a decent amount of methanol. And I mix it with a 50-50 mixture. Um, of uh, DNI's water and methanol, and it's absolutely perfect. And that being said, it allows me to have the cooling and the octane increase, which is absolutely fantastic, and allows me to stay safe, you know? It's pretty nice. My pleasure indeed, Mark 5 Andrew. Good seeing you as well. I should get a Type R crate engine and put, some, put in something. You know what's a weird part about Honda? It's amazing you say that because initially, I hope Tim's still here. Initially, that was the goal for the wagon, but when I measured the engine bay of the EF and measured the physical dimensions of the Type R, it, it wasn't a good idea. I didn't want to do that. So I then considered doing the L15B from the 10th Gen SI, and believe it or not, Bruce from Honda, legal, told me to build something that was more powerful than my old D-Series. So, if I did the SI with all the direct injection and all the cool accoutrements, I'd be pushing it to get to 450 with a stock block. And I said, you know what? 
let me build a K24Z7 that most people don't see potential with and show what it could do, you know? I did have a great weekend after Seven Garage. Um, had a rested properly on Saturday. Um, on Sunday, had the opportunity to come here to work um, a little bit. And then on Monday as well, did some tuning, which is fantastic. But then had some bad news with my parent-in-laws, but then they're okay, which is good. Um, the wagon mounts a K20, right? Or am I wrong? Yes, you can. So I have a K24. So Hasport has these mounts that are reversible, which you can flip upside or downwards. And the cool thing about those, that mount system is um, it allows for the shorter K20, and if you flip upside down, it allows for the longer K24. So I have Hasport mounts, you know? Simon says, respect, BC boy. Thanks for the kind words, sir. Appreciate that. Thanks for doing these. What's your thought on a late model ACR Viper GTS? What would you build further or leave alone? I think the GC GTS is absolutely fantastic. I have a standard GTS, not ACR. But here's the thing. There is nothing more, how should I say? It's like, it's like visceral that a twin turbocharged Viper. So, what I leave alone, the body. I wouldn't touch anything. I want to look like an ACR as a shirt, but I would totally boost the crap out of that thing. I have two of them. One is being boosted, and the other one right here is just the naturally aspirated setup with a flash and exhaust and intake. It was pretty nice, you know? Where did you get performance mounts for CB7 F22A? CB7 F22A? I don't know, but try Hasport. Try Brandon Hasport, see if he has something for you. He just may. Civic Wissy is asking, hi BC, I saw your Eibach, your car was next to my buddy Rome's battle tank. Yes, I remember his car. Thank you so much, appreciate that. Any other uncommon Honda builds coming up? I will know in two weeks. So right now we're talking to our friends at Acura, trying to see if we can do something unique. Like this right here, 158 stock is good potential. There's so much I can do with this car, it's so frightening. I'd love to do some crazy stuff with this. I'd love to do some crazy stuff to a new NSX. I asked a lot of you what you'd like to see, and you guys were all on board with it too. I think that'd be absolutely fantastic. My pleasure, Simon Casino. My pleasure as well, King Western 21, who said, thank you, sir. I appreciate all of you deeply. So that being said, sir, thank you so much. I appreciate that. That being said, please wish me luck. I will be visiting our friends from Accra sometime next week. I'll be visiting our friends from Aston Martin later on this week. I hear you, NSX FTW. I heard today, got some great news that Honda Acura is coming out with a Type R NSX. How sick is that? How sick is that? That you're gonna give the Type R DNA to a second gen NSX, and it's gonna be north of 600 horsepower. I cannot wait. I'd love to be able to do that. Abadillo's asking, Abadillo 302, do I have a merch store? Yes, if you go on bcmon.com on the store, we have a ton of things from apparel, to stickers, to even reservoir socks and oil caps, we have them all. Yep, a Type R NSX. I will have to, you talk about standing on my head, I have to stand on my head to get one of those. I'd love to play with that. That's gonna really set it up very nicely. Beast motor air intake systems, no. I have tons of exhaust systems, but no air intake system yet. And if I do, I probably start off with the G-Body 911s. Yesterday I went to Padua to see a dyno about an old F1 engine dyno, says Dalp ST. It was a BMW engine mounted on the Baron. 1.5 liter turbo pushing about 1,300 horsepower to the wheels. That's crazy. Yes, you know, back in the day, they were big on small displacement, high revving, meaning high flow, turbocharged engines. That was very, very commonplace back in the day until it was outlawed. <laughs> but uh, by all means, yes. Powered by Honda says a Type R NSX would be very sick. I absolutely agree. 
Alex HKS15 from Romania says he loves my builds. Greetings and thank you. I love that. I appreciate that kindly. So guys, I will let you go. It's been past 40 minutes of us interacting this afternoon, but thank you so much for being part of this with us today. Thank you for witnessing the ILX Dino, which I don't know if there are any out there that have been shown. So I'll make sure I put that up on YouTube as well. And if you don't join our feed, by all means, it's Bisimoto on the YouTube channel, B-I-S-I-M-O-T-O. And if you'd like to see this, I'll have it up on Instagram for another 24 hours. And also, I will follow up with having this uploaded to all the feeds with Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, Apple iTunes, all the podcast network, networks, including Anchor. So thank you so much, gentlemen and ladies. Have a good day. Take care and stay tuned. And don't remember, when it comes to break-in, this is your oil of choice. Take care, everyone. Cheers.